Have you ever uh, just taken a moment to think about uh, how much you've accomplished with your hands? Um, I, I recently got a, uh, the privilege of going uh, to a, a Christian uh, long-term care facility, and I was invited to be the chapel speaker there. And I got to thinking about their hands. And, uh, and so I was, then I, I was thinking about a whole bunch of things, but I just thought a collection of 80-plus-year-olds living together, how much did they accomplish and what, what have they done? And you think about the infrastructure, you think about uh, the things that we enjoy and the life that we have, uh, because in large part of the sacrifices made uh, by that great generations that have gone before us and what we get to appreciate. Well, uh, I, so I was just sharing with them and I was super encouraged and I thought, you know what? I was thinking about their hands and I was like, well, what about God's hands? What has God accomplished with his hands? And the first place I go in my mind is Genesis. And you think about God created, creating the heavens and the earth. God forming and filling in Genesis 1. He takes what's formless and empty and he begins forming it and filling it uh, and making God's creation what it is. And then it's, uh, it's not hard for me to look at the life of, of Abraham and see God sort of guiding with uh, sort of thinking metaphorically God guiding Abraham with his hands and preparing the way for him. But even that long, steadfast, faithful journey for Joseph who goes through such turmoil, God in his hands guiding, uh, guiding Joseph and, and helping him. Uh, we look later in Exodus, we see the Israelites there in slavery and God delivering and leading his people. And what has God accomplished with his hands but to deliver, save, and redeem his people, spreading open the Red Sea and allowing his people to pass through on dry ground? What has God accomplished with his hands? I like thinking of God as my shepherd. I frequently will uh, reflect on Psalm 23. It gives me great peace and understanding, but I like to reflect on the Lord being my shepherd, and he has a rod and staff that guide and comfort me. What has God accomplished with his hands? A great deal. But then I, you know what's fun is to look at the Gospels and look at what Jesus does with his hands. And just take a moment and just let these stories sort of come to mind. Because it's one thing to express God in his um, uh, in all of his glory and splendor, splendor, forming and creating creation. But what about when the moment when God takes on human flesh and takes on all of humanity, what does he do as Jesus? What does Jesus do with his hands? Well, just think of all the wonderful stories, those stories that we are so familiar with, but just let them resonate with you. What does Jesus do with his hands? But they're hungry. They've been wandering, and people are following after him. And Jesus, he, he takes a loaf of bread, and he breaks it, and he gives thanks. And then he shares it with his disciples, and he says, go and share it with them. I think about those moments with Peter. And all those times around the campfire, maybe throwing another log on the fire. What about that special moment with Peter when Jesus is out walking on the water? And Peter's like, hey, if that's you, let me come out there with you. And while 
Jesus says, yeah, it is me. Come on out. The water's real nice. And he's out there walking. And then he begins to sink. And what does, what does Jesus do? But he reaches out his hand. And he pulls his friend up out of the water. And he says, why so little faith, Peter? Think about Jesus and his hands. There is this monumental moment where Jesus in his just infinite wisdom breaks down so many barriers of people who've been ostracized and cast out in the world. You know, I don't think I'd make a very good nurse. There's just things I don't want to find myself in, situations. And many of you are nurses and you're all saints in my book. The things you have to do. But Jesus, he got the gross jobs. There were people in, an, in their society known as lepers. And lepers, you just don't go near them. And they were ostracized. They were unclean. And Jesus, in a monumental moment, he tears down barriers of division when he reaches out and he touches them and he heals them. There is this special moment where people were calling out to Jesus to come and raise this girl who's died and say, if you just put your hands on her, we know she will be healed. Jesus, he goes to the blind and he takes his hands and he rubs his thumbs on the eyes of the blind men and they're healed. What does Jesus do with his hands? but tear down barriers, bring healing and help, bring encouragement to the one who's fallen. Some of the most precious stories about things that Jesus is doing with His hands in, in the very moment, in the very presence of people to see what it looks like to be human and to love and to care. Children were flocking to Jesus. I think that that would be a pretty cool thing. Hey man, kids are loving them. They're coming up to see him. And the disciples look at the situation and they're like, we can't be having this. And Jesus says, well, hold on. And what Jesus does is he takes his hands and he touches and he blesses the children and he welcomes them and he loves them. What does Jesus do with his hands? But he, he brings healing. He brings blessing. He brings help. He brings encouragement. He blesses and He loves. What does Jesus do with His hands but pay the ultimate sacrifice and suffering? Nailed to the cross. Now there's theological debate. It could be right here, it could be right here, but either way, it's close enough, right? We'll count it. You guys will give me grace on it? Thanks. You will whether you like it or not. But Jesus goes to the cross and He's crucified. There's a, things that happen before that moment though where Jesus is once again showing with His hands how we should be functioning in our world. There's this moment before the crucifixion, before He's, or just after He's been betrayed by Judas. He's sitting around in a room with His disciples and He takes up a towel and He begins serving His disciples. And he begins washing their feet. Around that mealtime, he breaks 
the bread and he shares it and he blesses it and he shares food and he's hospitable to his guests, even his enemies. What does Jesus do with his hand? But to show us how to love, how to bless, how to encourage. Jesus brings healing, hope, and salvation through his mercy and love so often displayed through simple gestures of kindness through his hands. Think about all of these things and reflect on Jesus and the goodness and the love and the mercy that he has shared with all of us. And then I, I think about this verse in Revelation chapter 21. And it's this most wonderful thing that happens. Because it's something that happens in the future. That there's one more grand gesture that God is going to do with His hands. That there's one more monumental thing that God will do for each and every one of us. There's one more thing that will bring healing and help and restoration and renew all of God's creation. He's going to do one more thing with His hands. We need to take a look at it. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. And that one more thing He's going to do. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For the old order of things have passed away. We await one more special thing from a Father who loves us so much that He will wipe every tear from our eyes. He will wipe away pain. He will wipe away suffering. He will wipe away death. All of it. And it will feel like our Heavenly Father placing His hands on on our eyes, that we might see of His glory and His goodness the way we were always supposed to. And His hands will be placed on every infirmary and every ouch and every sore and every scar and every bit of us that needs the healing grace of God. God will help us. He will heal us and He will bring us the help we need. And friends, I pray that you would find this the most encouraging message of Scripture, that there is a Father who loves us, who has given His Son, that we might have life with Him, a new heaven and a new earth, and God has made His dwelling here, will make His dwelling here with us. And it's this chapter that has captured my imagination as a Christian. 
When I was young, I thought heaven was in the sky, and there was a cloud, and there was a really cool slide. I mean, really, if you picture heaven, a slide into the clouds, could you think of a better ride? And since then, the picture of heaven has begun to see that it's creation. Creation has all that it was supposed to be and all that it could be. In a world not ravaged by sin and suffering and death, we're invited to flourish as God intended us to. Where a river flows through and there's fruit and nourishment and strength and love as God is calling us to. What does God do with His hands? But reach down and help the lowly. Go to the cross for the sinning. And serve and love every single one of us as His children. I shared that message with a group of amazing people. And at the back of the table, there was a young lady who I wasn't sure why she was there. Everyone was over 80, and then there was, she was probably in her 50s. Still very young. As I'm 34, 50 doesn't sound bad at all. I thought more amens would come, but whatever. The, uh, but at the back was Marge. And Marge was in a wheelchair, and there was a table set up. And she was doing something. I couldn't quite tell what she was doing the whole time. And at the, at the end, I tell of God wiping away the tears of our eyes. And she chimes in. And she says these words. In God's hands, there is love. And I was like, yeah, why didn't I say that, you know? And so after the, after, uh, the close of the service... I went back and I spoke with her. Her name's Marge. And she suffers from a disease uh, called dystonia. And dystonia, I had to look it up, you know. uh, It's a disease that can cause tremors. And when she would have uh, the tremors, it would leave her body, however it was, whatever happened during the tremor, after it, that would be how her body would be, and she would be in these locked positions. She, uh, she's confined to a wheelchair, um, and her hands were like this. And what she was doing the entire time during my sermon was she was making like these window pane coloring, and she was dr- drawing hearts. Well, I went and spoke with her, and I was looking at what all she did, and and she said, would you like to come to my room? I'll show you my art studio. And I'm like, sure. And I wasn't really sure what I was getting myself into. And she began telling me her story as I walked her back to her room. Because of the disease, her parents disowned her, and they put her into this home. Because of her disease, it made life incredibly difficult for her, but she found that God was doing something. And she said, since I've been here, God has inspired me. 
And so I go into her room, and sure enough, she she had an art studio. It was just a, I mean, it was just a regular room like you'd imagine in a long-term care. But she had two windows, and she had a table set up, and she had artwork everywhere. And it was beautiful. She painted this. God showed me a miracle that every stroke of her brush is an act of mercy and love from God. There is no physical reason why she should do what she does. Yet her room was created, had so much beauty around it. She gave this to me, and I treasure it. Because it's a reminder to me of God's love. Of what God does with His hands. And she, uh, she had these in her room. And she said, I wanted to create old-looking hands. I don't know if any of you old people want to come up and compare. (laughs) They're a little odd-looking, I know. But um, I didn't give her a heads-up. She said it was meant to be like that. She has a ministry, and uh, Eric, if you want to pull up the picture, she said, since I've been here, I've just had this desire to paint and to share what God has done for me, and so she gave me a stack of cards that they've made from her paintings and her poems that she's written. I haven't been able to uh, to write on them. I told her, Marge, these are too nice. I don't know what to do with them. And uh, so she gave me quite a few and a stack of them. And there's a couple more pictures. And then uh, if you go to the last slide, please, there. On the back of every card is her testimony. My name is Marjorie, and Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I became afflicted with dystonia when I was 11 years old. In spite of my illness, the Lord has gifted me to draw, paint, and create many beautiful things to His glory. It is my prayer that you will be blessed by this card as I have created it to His glory. You know... God's always ready to teach me a lesson. And here I went to that place and I thought, you know, I'm really going to wow their socks off, you know. I have a healthy (laughs) self-esteem. Man, did God heal this hurting thing in my heart to remind me of His power of His glory, of His work, and what He's doing. 
I picked up the Gospels again, and I looked at Jesus' hands, and then I looked at what Jesus tells us to do with our hands. When He washes His disciples' feet, you know what He says to us? Now that I've done this for you, I want you to go do it likewise. He says, he says in Matthew 25 at the judgment, it's this hard story, but I, I want you to think about your hands in Matthew 25. It's the sheep and the goats. Matthew 25:31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put a sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for, for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The key to that is the brothers and sisters. I think he's talking about us loving not the entire world. I think he's telling us to love our church, to care for one another, care for the disciples. And we can try and we can continue to bless and love everybody we come in contact with. But there's this uh, powerful moment in the story of God. And it's a simple but grand gesture that I want us to see. It's Matthew chapter 10. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, 42, He's commissioning His disciples to go out. But then He reminds them, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water, to one of the least of these little ones is, uh, who is my disciples. Truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Hey, Oliver, would you come up here? You're not in trouble. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Thanks for coming up here. This is a cup of cold water. I can really get my head buried in some deep theological stuff. And the gospel is this simple. Oliver, here's a cup of cold water, and I love you. You can drink it. It is water, right? Yeah. That's good, okay? You don't have to chug it. You can go sit down. Thank you. Guys, what are you doing with your hands? 
a small gesture of a simple cup of water to love someone in your life. I haven't known what to do with these cards. I wanted to use them to bless you. And I got thinking, they would be better in your hands. And so I want you to use them. And don't one of you all, one, come up and take all of them. But I'm going to set them up. And if you would like one, and you can use one, and you would like to write a note, the power of one letter to one person to say that they're loved. And maybe writing is not your thing. I've figured out there's this really simple thing that I can do that I can make some kid feel like they're a million bucks. Connor, can I get a high five? Every single one of us has the capacity to love and to care and to bless. The powerful story of Marjorie is this, that God can use all of us for His glory and for His splendor. What will you do with your hands? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love You. And Your work in us and through us and for us. God, You tell us that we are Your handiwork We are your church. We are your body. We are your hands and your feet. And you ask your church to go and love and witness that we might bear witness to the riches and glory of your grace and your splendor and your mercy. And so God, stir in us a compassion for each other. Stir in us, God, each day a passion for you to love, to bless, to care for one another. That people might look at us and see how we embrace Jesus as our King. The one we live for. God, we thank You that it's by Your hands that we can be formed and shaped. It's by Your hands, God, that You are working in our lives through your spirit, to bring about your new creation. God, we look forward to the day that Marjorie can make art with new hands. And God, we look forward to the day that you wipe away the tears from our eyes. And we pray, God, that you would lead, that you would lead us home, that we might be your children loving and serving and following you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.